This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so do enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. By the way, Julia normally joins us on Friday nights. Unfortunately, she won't be with us tonight. She's uh, out doing some training at her job, and, uh, you know, that takes priority because they pay her and we don't. Yes, that, that's the case. Uh, so a couple of uh, quick international notes here. Uh, one... Uh, update on the Georgia situation. Now, internationally, that's uh, not the Georgia you're used to. It's Georgia over in the former Soviet Union, that Georgia, where they've had a state of emergency for the past couple of days. We talked about this earlier, I think on, I think it was Wednesday, that we uh, first discussed this on the program. And uh, it, ca- it only comes a matter of days after Pakistan also declared a state of emergency. And we were generally talking about just the concept of the state of emergency and, you know, what it entails, what happens worldwide. And more importantly to those of our listeners in America, what could happen here? Could the th- same things that are going on in Pakistan and Georgia... The same sort of police state crackdown. Uh, could that happen in America? Turns out, yes. Uh, turns out that the, the laws have been modified over the past couple of years in America to make it so that, indeed, the United States government can use the military for policing purposes. And, I mean, it, it's bad enough that the, the police departments have been militarized in that every police department in even the smallest, almost some of the smallest towns uh, with a, just a couple thousand people have their own, you know, alter, they have their own uh, armored personnel carriers and SWAT teams and that sort of thing. Yeah, God knows they need uh, fully automatic weapons there and middle of nowhere. Right. So, I mean, the militarization of the police is bad enough. I mean, the fact is, uh, the police departments are very quick to hire former military people. They uh, they actually get military equipment from the military. So right. when the military buys its new equipment, they have all this old equipment, they give it to police departments around the country. Uh, so that's bad enough, but now it's legal for the federal government to use military members as police. In a military martial law situation, a state of emergency, they've changed the law as well to make it so that uh, martial law can be declared simply on a uh, after a disaster like a, a Hurricane Katrina or something like that, or a terrorist not just attack but incident as well. So there's all kinds of parameters. Even a, a health crisis can now bring about martial law. So there's all kinds of uh, parameters that could that, where this could happen in America. Now I know that it's 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 uh, hard to believe. I know it's hard to fathom, but please don't take our word for it. Go and check out the claims. I mean, it's there. Look at the Defense Authorization Act of 2007. That was one of the primary factors in in the laws that were changed. So it's pretty frightening. And what's more frightening is to go and look at other states of emergency around the world and see exactly what happens. We talked about uh, the state of Georgia. They had uh, they they immediately went in and shut down all independently owned radio stations and television stations. So even in a country where there aren't just government um, news venues, I mean, in some countries it's government news and that's it. Right. That's right? All, that's all. It's just uh, state stuff. But in Georgia, they had some independence. Well, they got shut down. Troops, a hundred troops, went into one TV station and took it over. Yeah, that that'll pretty much uh, shut me down. Hundred. Uh, 
guys with guns. So that's that's how it works. They shut down the media. They shut down the independents. They shut down any potential opposition. And then, you know, they impose curfews and they impose all kinds of extra rules and, and checkpoints and other things like that. Inevitably, the, the people of these countries are, aren't going to take too kindly to being treated, uh, you know, herded around like cattle and treated like dogs. So inevitably, people are going to stand up and, and protest. I mean, because, well, they're concerned about the direction their country's going in. And uh, some will, yeah. They don't like the idea of having to live in a, in a military police state. So they take to the streets. Which, of course, the people who are in the seats of power don't like one bit. They, they, don't, want, they don't want the little people out there riling things up and, and protesting. Uh, this is, who this do they is, think they are? Right, this is a state of emergency. People are supposed to stay inside their homes until we and the government say it's okay for them to come out. And so what do they do? Well, they turn loose the troops. In this case, military people and police, they're all going to work together uh, in order and, to protect you know, the, the state. The police are going to look remarkably like the military guys anyway. Sure. You, wouldn't, you really wouldn't be able to tell the difference. They're all I mean, when, when the cops act like the, um, you know, dress like the military, they're going to act like the military. And if the cops are the military, who are they? What, what land are they occupying? Ours? Yeah. And who are they subjugating? Us. These are just questions that, you know, people should ask themselves. And if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and looks like a duck, then yeah. it's probably a duck. Uh, so th- here's the quick update from LouRockwell.com's blog. There's a video they posted there. It's, a, it's, called the, it's an entry called Why They Hate Us. And I'm not going to play the video for you, but in, a, in essence, it shows uh, scenes from the police crackdown in, the, in Georgia. And th- there are... There is just some senseless violence going on. Uh, The protesters, for the most part, are completely unarmed. So the protesters are just on the streets doing their protest thing, and the police come in there swinging batons, literally bare-fisted punching the protesters. Uh, There's all kinds of just one-on-one violence going on. And again, the protesters, totally unarmed. They're just taking the hits. They're, uh, They're being overrun by the police. But that's not all. Uh, according to, again, Dana McAdams, LouRockwell.com, the butcher of Tbilisi's bloody crackdown on peaceful protesters in the former Soviet Republic of Georgia was funded by the United States. The equipment shown in the video was paid for by you and me. The bizarre acoustic gun that was used against the political opposition is no doubt a DARPA special. Mm. Now, we've seen these guns before, in yep. fact. Uh, there have been pictures of them from the troops in Iraq. They have them in Iraq. They had them at the Republican National Convention in 2004 in uh, in New York, New York City. City. You remember seeing the pictures? They've got these big sort of uh, round discs on the tops of vans, and they're usually there's usually a guy sitting behind it, sort of mounted at this disc, and I guess he can point it in different directions, that sort of thing. So is that parabolic? Uh like uh, it's hard to hard to tell from the the photos that okay. I've seen, but but essentially it's this round device and it's fairly large and it's usually mounted the back of a truck or on top of a, a spherical van. round or circular circular round, round. Okay. circular round and um so so yes these these weapons do exist 
and they uh, I, I I've seen footage of them in action. Essentially, what it does is it's supposed to be something that disorients people. It's it's essentially a high frequency, some sort of radio emission of some sort, audio emission mm-hmm. that uh, that basically confuses people that are on the on the streets. Now they also have more lethal versions of this sort of technology, and maybe it just looks same. Maybe it's totally different technology, but it looks similar with the, again a guy with a dish sort of thing on the top of a van. The other sorts of technology they have is they can shoot this little this ray gun at you that essentially makes you feel like your skin is burning. Yeah. So these are the different variations. This one's more of an auditory uh, just disruption device. Right. You just you, you just give up and vomit. You don't want to be there. Ex- yeah. Is what the point is. Uh, President Mikhail Butcher Sak- Saakashvili, a favorite of both the Bush administration and uh, D.C.'s so-called libertarian beltway think tanks, jails the credible opposition political parties and then calls for snap elections and shuts down all but state-owned media. This time, the brave Georgians who's ta- who have taken to the streets to protest this dictatorship get no sympathetic coverage in the U.S. media. They get no words of encouragement from the Bush administration. They only get beat up and shot with weapons provided by the U.S. at the hands of thugs trained by the U.S. They uh, they mentioned in the video that the military there, the police there, have gone through U.S. training. So the training that taught them how to shoot rubber bullets at people, which they're using rubber bullets, they're using tear gas, they're using this little ray gun thing that they have, Mm -hmm. all of these weapons, they were trained how to use them by the United States government. Where else will they learn? Where else will they get these things? It's just, it's, it's absolutely disgusting and despicable, right. and most people are completely unaware of this. And, and this is, pardon me, the, what I don't understand is why it is that our government thinks it's so important to keep other governments propped up. Um, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll sacrifice the freedom of these Georgians, you know, just so that there's peace in the sense, um, you know, there's there's tranquility as opposed to peace mm-hmm. um, in the area. Like, who cares about these people's freedom just so long as, you know, we keep this dictator in charge and he keeps the, the yeah. rabble down. I can tell you there's no peace in Georgia right now. There's uh, massive amounts of violence uh, between We'll the... never learn. We've got to stop propping up these two-bit dictators. Well, I'm not doing anything. It's the government. 800-259-9231. And yes, they should stop uh, propping up dictators. And more on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. We'll check with Cuba next. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there. Over 1,450 pages for you to surf around through and edit. It's like the listener uh, editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to get interactive. That's wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. And do you need a new computer but just don't seem to have the money or credit to buy one? MyPCCredit.com is your answer. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks and no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start from just $22 a month. So go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. Well, we started out talking about the police state and the uh, essentially the martial law situation, so-called state of emergency that's going on in Georgia right now, the former uh, Soviet 
Soviet Union state. And it's just a bad, bad scene. Uh, there's incredible violence going on in the streets. Not on the part of the protesters, but on the part of the police. The protesters are, for the most part, completely uh, completely unarmed and nonviolent. They're just, you know, doing their protesting. protesting. And uh, the, the, the establishment there doesn't want to hear of it. They don't want to see it. They don't want it going on. Uh, they want to have their precious little election, but they don't want anybody speaking out about it. So essentially what has happened is they've moved up the elections, but yet the opposition leaders are now in jail cells. So how it is the opposition is supposed to go about opposing the establishment when they're in jail cells is certainly a questionable um, situation. (laughs) So things are kind of messy over there, and uh, you know, obviously we're not there, so we're doing our best to... I guess keep up on the situation. If you find more, please uh, don't hesitate to, to call in. Or if you're listening in Georgia, we'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, but otherwise, let's go to Cuba, another place where some dictators uh, are in charge and things are generally awful as a result of that. It's kind of uh, not a, not it doesn't have anything to do with police state or military crackdown, but it's just an interesting little story that really goes to show exactly how the black market works. The fact is, and we've talked about this countless times on Free Talk Live, when you prohibit a product or service, what happens to it, Mark? Well, it goes underground, the price goes up, uh, people uh, get hurt in trying to acquire it. Yes, that's all correct, and usually product uh, quality drops as well, oh, well uh, yeah. or, or at least becomes questionable. And uh, there's certainly, uh, there's certainly very, there's not really very many ways to have out issues with your dealers, for right. instance. Uh, <laughs> there's no customer, customer service. service desk. Right, right. Uh, so there's all kinds of uh, problems. Of course, then it also results in corruption of public officials and that sort of thing. And it, it doesn't always. It depends on the product and depends on the service. But I don't think that we've ever in America, I mean, in America, it's been more of a history of prohibi- uh, prohibiting sins, as they like to call them, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, like alcohol in the early part of the 20th century, uh, which now is back. It's legal again, thank goodness. Prostitution, gambling. Gambling, and then drugs. Drugs. Uh, yeah, weapons. Weapons, sure, yeah, that too. Uh, but in Cuba, since it's a dictatorship, they don't have as much freedom as we do here in America, and so there's a lot more that's been prohibited in Cuba, like satellite television. Satellite television's prohibited? Oh, sure. I know why. Because you might freedom, get some ideas. Freedom of the press. Right. <laughs> See, Cuba's one of the places, I mean, Georgia, we talked about, had some independent uh, press. They mm-hmm. were shut down in the state of emergency. Cuba doesn't have any sort of uh, independent press. It's, it's all state-run there. And so they don't want you getting your hands on, you know, CNN or Fox News or BBC or, or anything else. They, they only want you to consume what... Uh, Fidel Castro and his goons want you to consume. So, therefore, satellite television outlawed. Mm. But yet, you can still get satellite television in Cuba, if you know the right people. This uh, story from Haser.org. Before the police raid, the Perez family paid $7.56 per month for a direct TV window on the world. Daniel, a literature major... Now, you say that, well... Prohibition brings prices up. That's probably somewhat expensive for people in Cuba. Seven dollars and fifty-six cents a month, probably a, a little on the pricey side. I've uh, I saw a news release from there about ten years ago where they recommended people eat eggshells to increase their calcium intake. Wow. 
so Daniel, a literature major at the University of Havana, watched the Chicago White Sox on ESPN. His mom, Maricel, never missed an episode of La Fea Mas Bella, The Prettiest Ugly Girl, a popular Mexican soap opera on Univision. And Daniel's younger brother was an avid fan of the VH1 music videos. Now they're stuck with four Cuban TV channels, and two of those are devoted to educational programming. Cuban TV's boring, they say. <laughs> there isn't much variation, says Daniel, who fears arrest, so asks that his family's real name be changed. Can you believe this? They, they're afraid of being arrested for talking about satellite television. And how much TV sucks in Cuba. <laughs> and remember, they were raided. There was a police raid over the satellite television. So, uh, he says, I like being in the loop, knowing about the newest trends and feeling like I'm in touch with the world. Having a satellite television, cell phone, or internet connection at home is illegal for most Cuban citizens. But that hasn't stopped the, pred- uh, the spread of such services on the black market. Pedro, a young underground entrepreneur, gets his nightly news from Channel 23, which is uh, Univision, because Cuban TV, he says, doesn't give me unbiased coverage of world news, but neither does American news. So I watch both and compare them. Okay. Pedro, who requested his last name not be used, estimates that 90% of his neighbors get satellite television service. 90%? That business really started to accelerate about a year ago, he says. All of our neighbors know about it, but no one talks about it. (laughs) The woman who lives below me is the president of the CDR, the Committee for the Defense of the Revolution. And even she has uh, satellite television. So she's a party member, but still has it. Right. Wow. But in recent months, the Cuban government has stepped up efforts to curb this booming underground industry. She probably feels like she deserves it, by the way. Two months ago, the police raided Pedro's neighborhood early in the morning. They blocked off the streets, climbed on rooftops, and began cutting cables leading to the satellite dish, she says. Says my neighbor started making hand signals at me from the window of his house that the police were here and to take down my cables, said Pedro. Although Pedro escaped detection, he decided to remove his cable connections permanently for fear the police would discover his illicit CD-making business. (laughs) I I mean, this is hard for Americans to fathom that it's illegal to burn a CD in Cuba without permission from the state. As for his neighbors, he says two days later, people were already putting up their cables again. Sure, they they desire that uh, particular item. Information. People want it. Yep. Mauricio Barroso, a telecommunications official in the Ministry of the Interior. I mean, back in the you know World War II times in Germany, they didn't have t- satellite television, but it was still information that was being desired, and people were uh, getting put in prison and executed for handing out pamphlets. Mm. So really, and they're getting the, in kind of uh, trouble for listening to the Allied uh, radio yep. broadcasts. It's only the technology that has changed, not the you know not the uh, the insane government controls. Mauricio Barroso, a telecommunications official in the Ministry of the Interior, says that 37.6% of households in Havana were connected to the service when the police began the raids in March. By early May, one set of raids had netted a significant amount of coaxial and neoprene cable, three satellite receptors, five satellite dish antennas, 43 signal amplifiers, a computer, and five LNB, uh, these these parts of the satellite dish, according to the government-run newspaper Granma. We'll uh, continue the story from Cuba. Satellite dishes illegal, burning CDs illegal, giving out information against the law. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free, including the updates. Get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh and new to announce about the show. You'll know it if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates. .freetalklive.com. Perhaps you may own or know someone who has a company that is struggling to collect money owed from past due accounts. Delinquent accounts are problematic, not only from the standpoint of diminished revenues, but businesses find themselves sidetracked by the arduous task of trying to collect on these accounts. Consequently, valuable time and resources are pulled away from principal operations. SACL CAI liberates businesses from inefficiencies and the vexing task of collections. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. We're talking about foreign. Uh, we're talking about foreign countries uh, to, as, in regards to uh, Cuba, uh, Georgia, and the theme here is information. The theme is that governments don't like information in the hands of the people. In Georgia, when they uh, just a few days ago had the state of emergency and in the ensuing police state crackdown, they went to television stations and independently owned radio stations and shut them down, or at least took them over, one or the other. And, it, and that's because they didn't want the opposition to have uh, a mouthpiece. They didn't want the opposition to have microphones and They don't want people essentially saying things that they don't want them to say. That's right. That's all. In Cuba, it's uh, a satellite television crackdown. In Cuba, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> this people's paradise doesn't allow anybody to have satellite television. Well, I guess if you're Castro or one of his you know, top brass, you could probably have uh, satellite TV. But if you're one of the, the little people, one of the regular uh, citizens, not, not allowed, forbidden. And uh, so it's essentially a prohibited product. This story from Acer.org is talking about uh, the black market in satellite television. And I think this is really instructional beyond the fact that it just really shows you how desperate and sad these gun- the, the governments in these countries are. The real message here is that governments hate information they don't like it it's a threat to their power and they do whatever they can to crack down on it thank goodness we have freedom of speech here in america because it allows us the ability to have satellite television and the internet and radio and other forms of 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 media communication and and that's why we're going to win in the long run that's why the liberty movement has more of a shot now than we ever had in the past is because media is now being put into the hands of not just the few and the rich, but anybody with a video camera, anybody who can lay out $250 and get a DV cam or a mixing board and a few microphones and a connection to the Internet. You have largely freedom um, of speech in America You don't, uh, and freedom of the press. You don't entirely have it. And one thing that I'm very concerned about, deeply concerned about, is that I think that the ch- chances are good that a Democrat could take the uh, office of president and Democrats could take control of the uh, the Senate. Um, they already have control of the House in uh, 2008. And if they do, they're going to bring back the fairness doctrine. I swear, Ian, they're going to bring this back, which is essentially going to kill the talk radio industry. The talk radio industry is largely um, to the right. Free Talk Live isn't, but I'm sure that the, that peop, the Democrats listen to us and say that we're on the right, mm-hmm. just like Republicans listen to us and call us crazy liberals. Right. 
But um, they want to. They know they can't fight. Air America failed essentially. I mean, yes. it's, it's on Air America 2.0, but it's being dropped by stations here and there, and it's it's not growing. It's, they're having a tough time. They're having a tough time. Um, so, I, but to be fair, um, uh, let's see who's the, the big Ed, big Ed guy, Ed Schultz. Uh, Ed, Ed Schultz. He's doing fine. He's um, doing fine. He's one of the most listened to shows in America. But uh, you know, the Democrats will be willing to sacrifice Ed Schultz in order to uh, oh, take sure. control of talk radio. Sure, and and that's something to be concerned with. But my point still, Mark, is that you know, if the government wanted to regulate the internet, they'd spend a decade figuring out how, and then by that time, technology would have changed, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't matter. Anyway, my point being that uh, with information and the ability to generate uh, news. And, and and media in the hands of the individual, the government is completely helpless. We are going to win, and it's because of the Internet and the ability to transfer information. Unfortunately, the poor folks down in Cuba still have to deal with their dictatorship, and the, the fact is there it's illegal to have a satellite dish. It's illegal to burn a CD. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't know what else is illegal, but I imagine it's a whole laundry list of things. What we're talking about is the black market and satellite. It's just sort of interest to, interesting to look at the numbers and look at how this, this operates. Uh, there was a crackdown earlier this year where they went around and you know went up on tops of buildings and cut cables and took satellite uh, dishes. And basically what happens is the the, uh, the black marketeers there, they set up one satellite dish and they use that to feed the, uh, like, you know, feed several locations. That way there's not a whole lot of dishes to be spotted, essentially. Mm-hmm. So the Cuban government is also levying multi-tiered fines and jail sentences on satellite television providers. According to Gramma, signal discri- uh, distributors were slapped with fines of 450 U.S. dollars and $900 uh, U.S. As, and uh, Cuban, uh, let's see, jail sentences of three to five years. Users of the service were fined $67.50. Again, that's a lot of money for somebody in Cuba. In pesos, that's 1,500 pesos. Mr. Barroso says that illegal satellite television service in Cuba has been around since the 1990s, but people gain access to the service much easier now. The service is much more affordable. That's why it's increasing at such a rapid rate. For the service to build up to the levels of 93, it took three years. Now, they fill up half the city in three months. In Daniel's neighborhood, the satellite TV guy is a six-foot-four-inch-tall Afro-Cuban named Alberto. He declined to give his last name. Two gold teeth glint as he smiles and explains his fee structure. He charges a one-time connection fee of 10 CUC, Cuban convertible pesos, or about $11, and 7 CUC, $7.56 a month for service. In a good month, with 300 households in his neighborhood as clients, he rakes in up to 2,000 CUC, which is just over $2,100 U.S. He still bad. has a legal $15 per month income as a truck driver. <laughs> $15 per month? Per month. Wow. Can you believe this? That's no what I'm telling you. Got cold teeth. Right. This isn't a lot of money. <laughs> the money that he's, uh, you know, there's not a, $15 is a lot of money in Cuba. That's what I so mean. So he's making $15 a month, but he's charging um, the equivalent of what, $6 a month for his service? That, uh, yeah, seven how bucks. Can other people ser- how can other people afford that? I, I mean, don't it, know. If, if their paychecks are the same as his, they're giving up half of their month's pay I for I can't explain cable? it to you. That, these yeah. are the numbers we in the article. We don't live there. He keeps his job in order to keep a low profile. By Cuban standards, Alberto is wealthy. When Alberto started his business four years ago, he had to shop for a satellite dish antenna, receiver, and access card with the correct code to capture the signal, a signal amplifier, and cable on the black market. He distributes, because you just can't go, there's no radio shack in Cuba you can just waltz down to and grab, uh, you know, ten feet of coax. Mm. You just can't do it. So you have to buy the cable on the black market. 
He distributes a satellite signal from his single-dish antenna to his entire neighborhood through a spider web of cables over top of uh, over rooftops. <laughs> There's a catch, however. Everyone on the network has to watch the same channel that the satellite dish owner is watching. Alberto does an informal survey, but you know what? The fact is, they'd rather watch that one same channel than, than any four, of the four. The four crappy channels that they have on uh, Cuban TV. From the Cuban government, yep. Alberto does an informal survey of his customers to find out what they like to watch. His programming schedule includes telenovelas from Univision and Telemundo, movies from HBO and stars, popular talk shows uh, such as Don Francisco Presents, and the variety show Sabado Gigante. (laughs) But the average official monthly wage in Cuba (laughs) is only $15. How can Cubans afford the service? That's my question. Guess what? Since so many things are outlawed in Cuba... Many in Cuba have illegal businesses and relatives living abroad. According to the Economist Intelligence Unit, an estimated $812 million were sent to Cuba in the form of workers' remittances in 2006 alone. Pedro, for example, gets $100 a month from his brother in Washington, D.C. His second source. So for somebody in D.C. to send $100 to their friend in Cuba, that's nothing. Uh, but for uh, for someone in Cuba, a hundred dollars is food on the table Huge. and uh, and satellite TV. Apparently, his second source of informal income comes from the sale of pirated copies of CDs produced with a computer from his brother. He says, "In two days, I make what a Cuban doctor makes in a month. That's how I'm able to pay for a cell phone and satellite TV service." In May, the government-run media reported that satellite TV is part of a U.S. plot to overthrow the Cuban government. You believe that? No. <laughs> Direct TV is up there just trying to overthrow the Cuban government. Yeah, that's what they're looking for. That's what the Cuban government is telling their people. Just amazing stuff. More on the way you take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are free. You like the show? Then you should go and shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage of... The sale. So 41 categories to shop in, all kinds of stuff to purchase, great free super saver shipping deals on a whole lot of their products, and again, Free Talk Live benefits if you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Same great prices, same great Amazon, just a different portal, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. And... You can wow and amaze your techie friends with a new Zero Blaster. It shoots smoke rings 12 feet They're the perfect gift for anyone who likes neat stuff. Get your blaster at ZeroToys.com. That's ZeroToys.com. Now, Mark, you said that uh, one of these came in the mail for us today. Yes, I haven't gotten you yours yet, but I got to play with mine today, and it uh, it does, in fact, shoot smoke rings 12 feet. It has a little light that lights these babies up. Really? Um, It makes a, you know, noise um, (laughs) when, when you do it, and... I, it's it's a pretty cool toy, unlike I've ever played with before, and right on. I, I I think it was fun. Very good. 800-259-9231. That's the number. You take control. Let's go and talk to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Paula? Hi. Hey. Uh, I wanted to say something to y'all. I've been listening, you know, to y'all talking about 9-11. And no, we weren't. Three, no, you're listening to a different show. We don't well, talk anyway, about 9-11. Uh, I lost three cousins in the towers, okay? Mm-hmm. And there is something. I thought that, everyone was your cousin, so therefore didn't you, well, lo- sorry, didn't you lose 3,000 cousins? Up there. But anyway, um, 
the thing is, is that this is a Christian radio station, okay? This is Genesis. Who are you talking? No, first of all, no. Genesis yes, Communications is. Network is uh, is a uh, a radio syndicator. It is not a radio station. Oh, well, anyway. And secondly, mm-hmm. I don't purport to know what the uh, you know what the religious beliefs are of the staff that runs the the uh, the, the network. There are a whole okay. bunch of people well, anyway. behind the scenes at Genesis people, Communications people Network. Are and finally, uh, we are not on Genesis Communications Network as we are on, as much as we are on thirty plus radio stations around the country. So okay. I want to make it clear to okay. anybody else listening who's confused. Okay. Wait a minute. I'm listening to, w, you know, uh, WBNW in Boston, okay? okay? So please, go ahead with your it, point. Well, anyway, you know, people are, you know, still asking questions of why things haven't been told about 9-11. And the thing is, it's right there in your Bible. It's in Jeremiah 30. It's in Jeremiah 31. It's in Daniel 11. It's in what, what's, what's in there, Paula? What, the what is whole it? thing, hon, everything. What, what are you it's talking all about? all in your Bible. What are you referring to when you say the whole everything. thing? Everything. The towers, everything. The war we're in, and, and, and we're supposed to be in Afghanistan you, and I Iraq. Mean, this is all right there. And if you open your Bible to Jeremiah 30, Daniel 11, nonsense. Hosea 7, it's all there. And this is how you're going to get your answers. So what else is there, Paula? What, what does it say? Uh, in, does it say who I, is... I, I tell you what. Alex has got the whole thing. I faxed it to him. I gave it to also Jordan. I'm not Alex, and this isn't his show, well, I know, so but they no haven't. one knows who you're even talking about. Okay, well, I, I will get it to you, but anyway. No, that's all right. I, I won't read it. <laughs> well, the thing is, I mean, like, it's very, very simple, and I mean, things will be okay and in the end, okay? But anyway, like, it's very simple. Hmm. It says here, it says uh, in, in uh, Jeremiah 30, for your sin is an incurable bruise, a terrible wound. This is what he calls the towers coming down. It's taking down the sycamore trees and raising the cedars of Lebanon. Trees? Uh, You're is, saying that tr- sycamore trees? They had towers? They call it. That's they, in the Bible. Come right? on, man. That's a stretch, it's, Paula. Sorry, they had the towers Bible. back then. Surely they had the word tower. This they didn't have the, to use the term tree. This is the way it was done a long time ago. Okay, full of it, okay, Paula. Thanks for the no call. Get out of here with your nonsense, or to, or to silly Bible. Is she still there? Thanks for the call, Paula. Just nonsense. And not only did they say tree, but they specified what kind of tree. A sycamore tree. She, she's still there. Thank you for the call. Uh, she's but board ops really running two shows. Poor guys over there at the network. They've got like five shows to run at once sometimes. Hard to pay sweatshop. Yeah. They actually have a uh, a seven year old uh, uh, little Asian boy running the uh, <laughs> running the, the board. He is telling me that the uh, board op is telling me that they are not one religion at the Genesis Communications Network. I can't imagine that they would be. I I I, I have never been uh, at a radio company where at least one Jew wasn't involved. So the you know, Paula called last week to say that uh, you know Nostradamus had predicted uh, the t- the twin towers falling and <laughs> and that just goes to show you she How read come the- Nostradamus didn't get a book in the Bible if he's such a you know <laughs> smart religious kind of guy I'm was he around wondering. at the same time No no know. I'm just thinking that they should have added something right a little uh, I don't know postscript or something Yeah like you know they it spans hundreds of years this Bible thing and and why can't they just add stuff to it as the as the uh, the the, the the stuff that's inspired by yeah, uh, you know God fine it, question. gets added. Yeah, I but mean it, God hasn't spoken through anyone since oh I don't know I mean, let's let's call it 200 A.D. when the last uh, of the uh, New Testament books was written. He hasn't spoken to, through anyone since then. I mean, aren't there <laughs> religious texts after that? Well, David Koresh claimed to uh, to be Jesus, didn't he? But he's a heretic. <laughs> So, yeah, how do you identify the real Jesus, right? With all the people that are claiming to be Jesus, how do, how do you know which one's the real one? 
Not sure. Just try to set them all on fire and see which one doesn't burn up? Will that, would that do it? No, I don't know. So, but, it, but really, just to jump back to what Paula was saying, that, oh, it's all there in the Bible, just read Jeremiah 5, 9, 7, 1, 2. Uh, and then she goes and actually reads part of the, the passage, which I normally can't stand, but I really wanted to hear what her claim was. Uh, and it's just some nonsense. What is, what is the purpose of this, Mark? I mean, do, what, people go and they, something happens in real life, and then they go and they look through the Bible and they, they try to find something that, that somehow matches uh, what actually occurred, and then they act as though that means something, when it's just something pathetic like that? Well, they, what, they that... generally go to um, a couple of places uh, for prophecy. You, you go to uh, Revelations, um, Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah. You know, these are the places where they talk about um, you know, what's going to happen in the future. And this ambiguous stuff is said, you know, the, the whore of Babylon and, and, and the beast. And, and they talk about all these, these different things. Right. In this case, trees or the Twin Towers. I'm not sure. Absurd. Was it... Um, was it World Trade Center 1 or 2 was the Sycamore? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> it's just not so. And then if you uh, if she says everything's in that one chapter, then shouldn't she be able to... I mean, being able to see what has happened in history and look back and identify these passages in the Bible as, mm-hmm. Aha! That proves it! Uh-huh. Well, since you know now how vague the Bible can be... Shouldn't that mean, and you know what it was they've already predicted, shouldn't that mean that you should be able to predict what's coming soon? I mean, if it's all in there, doesn't that mean that the rest of um, time yeah, will also be in there? Yeah, how come we didn't know before? I mean, that, that's, that passage has been in the Bible a long time. How come we yeah. didn't know ahead of time yeah. that, um, it's so in convenient. fact, the, the sycamore tree was was uh, twin to- or, you know, was, was uh, building, right. actually, I think it was building seven. It's, it's so convenient for them to go back and say, aha, see, the Bible says this. Mm-hmm. But they'll never go forward and say, well, the Bible says this will happen and this will happen. Of course, you know, there are, of course, the, uh, the religious folks that, that I, what's the revelation with the Jesus coming down from the sky or whatever. So they, they have predicted some things Nobody, will happen. N- but no, n- no Christians agree. Very few Christians agree on what's going to happen. It's, it is ambiguous stuff. You know, I've heard different stories on where the thousand-year tribulation is going to occur. Forget that crap. Um, The the world was supposed to end in the 1900s and 2000. As far as predictions go, I love the the pastors that say, you know, let's stop right here with no man knows the day nor the hour. And uh, that's it. You know. That that's all you need to know for predictions. But not no not necessarily what time, but what will happen. What are the events? I mean, if she believes that the Bible said that the uh, the towers were going to fall, well, what's next? I mean, certainly the Bible must know what's the next event, right? Are they going to maybe um, take out uh, a harbor of some sort, or a port, or another airplane? Two airplanes going to crash in the sky? I mean, come on, it's got to be in there, right? Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's just an old book full of stories. <laughs> it's an old book full of stories that people believe is some sort of uh, magical predictor for future events, in which case, give me the predictions. Nonsense. 800-259-9231. Here's a prediction for you. If you don't convert, you're going to hell. Whatever. A Czech Speedway driver knocked unconscious in a crash, stunned ambulance drivers when he woke up speaking perfect English. Talk about a bizarro story. 18-year-old Matej Kus was out cold for 45 minutes after the crash, but when he woke up, he conversed fluidly in English with paramedics, even speaking in an English accent. 
The teenager had just begun to study the language, and his skills were described by friends and teammates as basic at best. Wow. Uh, the promoter for his team, the Berwick Bandits, told the Daily Mail, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was in a really clear English accent, no dialect or anything. Whatever happened to the crash must have rearranged things in his head. Before his crash, his use of the English language was broken, to put it mildly. He was only just making a start on improving it, and struggled to be understood, but was keen to learn. Yet here we were at the ambulance door, listening to him talking to the medical staff in perfect English. How bizarre. He didn't have a clue who or where he was when he came around, and he didn't even know he was Czech. The rest of the story says that uh, eventually it went away, and now he's back to speaking in broken English. It's just a weird one. That's a really strange thing. Hour two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. Poll analysis. Ron Paul in the polls. What do they mean anyway? This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free as we launch in hour number two of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free. So enjoy those on us again. freetalklive.com. Mark, you uh, said that you had a story about polls. Because uh, we've been talking a lot about Ron Paul on this show for obvious reasons. We love liberty. Ron Paul loves liberty. Therefore, we're going to talk about him. You won't hear us talk about many other politicians on Free Talk Live ever, unless we're trashing them. Uh, but Ron Paul is uh, constantly being pointed out in the major, uh, the mainstream media as, oh, well, he's not doing anything in the polls. Right. He doesn't Paul. have any chance. He's not like that's the only thing they can say. He doesn't have any chance. He's not doing well in the polls. Well, the fact is, I mean, besides what you're going to tell us in the story here, mm-hmm. the fact is he's doing better and better in the polls. He used to be at one, two, and three percent. Now he's at. Four, five, and six percent. Rasmussen's daily uh, daily tracking update shows him at six percent today. Yeah, nationwide. Nationwide. He's higher in New Hampshire, so he's definitely Where's, gaining. Where are those numbers coming from? You know, I mean, they're being peeled off those other and the other guys too. Right. And so we've already uh, talked quite a bit, and I'm, I don't know if this covers the same territory, but we talked quite a bit about how those polls have uh, some serious flaws in them, namely the fact that they call landline telephones. And the, the people that own landline telephones are old folks, in compare, at least mostly compared to young people who don't tend to have them. They tend to have cell phones. And, the, and also libertarians, those who would liberty-minded people, um, have a, a real serious, um, a lot of them are real serious about their privacy, and so therefore they block their numbers. Uh, so those numbers aren't public. Which means that the people that are more likely to be called are those who are, you know, old, dyed-in-the-wool Republican Party uh, adherents. Uh, not very likely that they'll call young people, and that's skewing the numbers. That's what we've talked about. What's this story, Mark? Well, this one's from uh, Mark Shields at uh, Creators.com. And Mark Shields, he's a commentator. Um, certainly, I haven't heard him be uh, really one side or the other, as, as I can recall. I've seen his face, and I recognize his name, but I don't. Okay. He's not a big guy, as far as I can tell. Um, do you ever get the feeling that the only reason we have elections is to find out if the polls were right? Asked humorist Bob Orban. <laughs> and uh, one year before 2008 election, uh, presidential election, you have to uh, you have to wonder if the alleged political wise guys, the ones who have declared the Democratic presidential nominating contest all but over, 
even think it's necessary to make those frosty trips to Des Moines, Iowa, or uh, Nashua, New Hampshire. Not for the first time, Washington conventional wisdom is marching very heavily on very light historical ice. If history and those who lived in it are any guide, then the 2008 race, some two months before the Iowa and New Hampshire contests are held, is far from over. Mm-hmm. You want precedence? At this same point in the last contest, Republican presidential um, in the last contested pre- uh, Republican presidential fight, Texas Governor George W. Bush led Arizona um, Senator John McCain 68 percent to 12 percent in Gallup poll. Well, you may remember that their first uh, confrontation two months later in New Hampshire, McCain crushed Bush by 18 percent. So Bush was leading by just an incredible amount, um, but McCain beat him up in uh, New Hampshire. McCain was one of the first cases where, um, in fact, you know, a guy who went on to be president lost in New Hampshire. Even more dramatic evidence is found in the 1984 Democratic nomination race, where the uh, November 83 Gallup poll showed former Vice President Walter Mondale with a commanding 47% of the vote, trailing in the uh, same survey where uh, former Ohio Senator John Glenn, 19%, and former South Dakota Senator George McGovern and civil rights leader Jesse Jackson tied at 7%, and then California Senator Alan Cranston and former uh, Florida Governor Reuben Askew Tied at 3%. Okay. Behind them all, with a total within the poll's statistical margin of error, was the man who would shortly sweep to victory by lopsided margins in New Hampshire, Maryland, Florida, Rhode Island, and Massachusetts. Then Colorado Senator Gary Hart. This was 84. Okay. Not that it mattered. Reagan won. (laughs) But, you know, it just goes to show that these contests are not decided. That's correct. In the November 2003 Gallup poll among uh, Democratic presidential candidates, John Kerry was tied for fifth and sixth place. And then um, North Carolina Senator John Edwards, each with uh, 9% ahead of them, um, were the former Governor Howard Dean, Connecticut uh, Senator Joe Lieberman, former General Wesley Clark. I hate Clark. all these names. I, I know, hate them. I know, I but hate them. I know you hate hearing the names, but it does go to show Who's ever ta- all, they're dropping names all over the place now. They're talking about Fred Thompson. Right. They're talking about Giuliani. They're talking about Romney. They're talking about Clinton. They're talking about Barack Obama. Mm. And the fact is, these people in their polls don't know a damn thing. And right, these right. numbers prove it. Okay, I believe you. Is it just going to keep going through a laundry list of different examples? Because I, you've, you've made your point. You may, the, you may uh, remember in just a week, uh, in, in just a matter of weeks, Kerry would win both the Iowa caucuses and Edwards, um, with Edwards finishing second, and the New Hampshire primary. So I was, may remember. Come on. <laughs> vaguely recall. Who remembers that crap? Um, Mark Melman, who was uh, Kerry's pollster, has written about what happened in, Wa- in Washington's The Hill newspaper. More than two-thirds of the Democrats who voted in the Iowa caucuses didn't decide until a month before the caucuses. Hmm. Four in ten decided in the last week. Kerry, for- 40% of them. There's Kerry- a significant amount of undecideds out there right now. Yep. There's no Kerry doubt. doubled his vote in Iowa and nearly quadrupled it in New Hampshire and in the last 20 days. Nor are these pre-primary polls merely weird exceptions. Before he finished third in the 1988 Iowa caucuses behind winner Kansas uh, Senator Bob Dole, the televangelist Pat Robertson, then Vice President George W. Bush, led the November Gallup poll with 47% of the Republican vote, ahead of Bob Dole. 
We have uh, analyst uh, Carlin Bowman of the American Enterprise Institute to thank for assembling these uh, Gallup poll numbers all the way back to November 1975, when trailing badly in sixth place, place the choice of just 3% of Democrats behind uh, you know, a whole bunch of other uh, was the next president of the United States, Jimmy Carter. Hmm. Jimmy Carter was at 3% in November of 1975. Right. And I think it's also interesting to point out that uh, the polling might have been even a little more accurate back then because more people had landline telephones mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, today where there's a whole mix of uh, people's preferences right. in regards to uh, phone usage. And also back then... You just didn't have the, the information capacity that we have today, the ability to go online and, and spread the message of, of uh, liberty and Ron Paul. I mean, there's, there's going to be, I think a lot of people are going to be shocked and surprised come, uh, come the New Hampshire primary. Uh, you know, it just, I, th- I think that it's great that, uh, they, that Mark Shields did this article and uh, really uh, whittled this down and got this information out there because the fact is, even if the polls were right, um, they're wrong because people haven't made up their minds. Yeah. The pollsters spit out a couple of names. You, I've heard that name before, and you never know what's going to happen. The people, people, oh, that, the media thinks they know. They think they know, but the people that they call on the telephone for these pollsters, it's one thing to have the telephone ring. You pick it up and you answer the questions of a pollster. It's in something entirely different to take some time out of your day, get in your car, drive to the polls, vote, and do all that other stuff. And sure. the, and the statistics are the vast majority of Americans and a good majority of New Hampshireites are simply not going to do it. Not going to vote? They're not going to vote. Really? Yes. You don't know what the numbers are as far as voters go? The vast majority of Americans and a good majority of New Hampshireites, a a good percentage of them, simply aren't registered, Ian. That's true. That's true. how do these poll people know whether you're registered or anything? Well, the people that they're calling are, uh, in many of these cases, uh, people that voted in Republican primaries. So they know. But, so they're calling people, which is also a reason why they're biased against Ron Paul, is because they're calling the people who in 2006 or 2004 voted in Republican primaries then. So th- they're calling those same people who uh, were, again, more of this sort of party uh, mentality, the red team, blue team mentality, where what, whoever's on the Republican side, I'm going to go for, that sort of uh, thoughtless type of person is is who they're calling, mm-hmm. whereas the people that have dropped out of the system, the people that haven't voted in a decade, or the people that have never voted in their lives, they, they don't have a chance of being in, included in these polls. Now, I'm sure they also have general polls where they just call anybody, but most of these Republican primary polls are of likely Republican voters. How do they know they're likely voters? They've got voting lists that say so. They have voted before, so therefore they're likely to vote again in a primary. So it's inherently biased against, uh, it's inherently biased against those people who might support Ron Paul. Mm. And it's biased in favor of those who are sort of the Republican base that it currently has today, the Republican Party. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Immigration coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Live streams there, broadband version, dial-up version, both totally free, freetalklive.com. Now you can save time and money on common legal matters. Created by top attorneys, LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents, like your will or a living trust, corporation, 
limited liability company. You can do it all in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. Let's go right into the phone calls and talk to Jeremy in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeremy. Jeremy in Montana. This is the second night in a row, I think, that we've tried to go to Jeremy, and he hasn't been there. Jeremy, final try. Going once, going twice. All right, try us back. 800-2... There he is. Man, my cell phone... I do need a new cell phone or a new cell phone service or something seriously bad. Well, you're here now. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, I was wondering, um, you know, I'm kind of anti-government, too, but, I mean... I don't know. That's just such a nasty-sounding phrase. Try Uh, (laughs) pro-freedom. Instead of being negative, be positive. Well, I I wanted to give the government some credit today about uh, the FBI busting Giuliani with these uh, corruption (laughs) charges and everything. It wasn't Giuliani. It was uh, Bernard Carrick, the, uh, the top cop. He's been indicted on 16 counts for various different corruption issues. Well, well, Fox News Radio was saying that uh, Giuliani is also involved in this some kind of way. Really? Maybe y'all can clarify that. Oh, that's news to me. I mean, maybe this is breaking and it hasn't come across my desk yet. Uh, Certainly, I suppose it's possible. He was, uh, what was he, wasn't he uh, like Giuliani's top cop in New York City? They were related somehow, but I don't know anything beyond that. Yeah, they included him in it, too, and... uh, I think it's pretty cool. That's one more idiot out of the way so we can Well, get now, a, wait a minute. Now, hold on. Before you get too excited, it's not necessarily a good thing because we need these idiots in there. And here's why. If there's a bunch of uh, people like Giuliani and Romney and all those other cats in the race, it divides the pro-war Republican vote. See, Ron Paul's most di- the most difficult thing Ron Paul faces is that uh, he needs to motivate undeclared voters and people that are of other parties to register as Republicans and get in and actually vote in the Republican primary, whereas all the other the guys same. that are already Republicans are likely to vote for the other candidates. So the more other candidates there are, the more distributed their votes will be. So it's actually good that there's a whole bunch of uh, people in the race. We want them to stay well, around. But at the same time, isn't it a fact, though, too, that if there's one more mainstream media hero out of the way, that gives us even more push, don't it? I, it is I true. Mean, I don't mind Giuliani getting hit because, he, um, you know, in a lot of ways, he's a front runner. Well, the re- the reason I don't like him is because um, he's tied in with Pat Robertson, who is an obvious hypocrite, who uh, supports Giuliani and says that. Uh, well, he endorses them and all this, and Pat Robertson is another one of these major evangelists that come out there and endorse a guy like Giuliani, and Giuliani's pro-abortion, he's a pro-gay movement, and all this other stuff, yeah. and so how, and how's that look on, I mean, that's so contradictory right. in there. Talk about you know, strange bedfellows. It doesn't make any sense at all, and uh, for some reason, apparently, Pat Robertson, um, I mean, Giuliani's tough on terror, right? So he says. Well, so he says. Now Pat Robertson well, must be. Yeah. He must be more scared of terrorists than he is of hellfire because <laughs> he endorsed a guy who uh, backs. He, yeah, he endorsed a guy who backs up, uh, you know, abortion and that kind of thing. To me, it just showed Pat Robertson for what he is—a shill. Yep. To, to me, it shows them all for what they are and why we need a real candidate like Ron Paul in there because they're also. I mean, it's okay to do this and that, but. Uh, we need a man that's going to do what he says, whether 
we agree with everything that he's going to do or not. You That's a good know? point, Jeremy. Thanks for the call. God bless you Yes, sir. 800-259-9231. So I, I agree with you, Mark. It's good for Giuliani to take a hit. It's good for the negative publicity to come out because that'll just mean that you know his voters might vote for somebody else, and maybe they'll consider Ron Paul. Who knows? I don't know. But the fact is, it's while it's good for him to be hit and to have some bad publicity, it's it would be bad for him to throw in the towel. Right. We want the field, I guess, um, pretty large right now uh, because it, it's it's good for Ron Paul. Right, because again, because you it know. distributes the pro-war vote, whereas anybody who's anti-war is going to vote for Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's really in favor of freedom and smaller government is going to vote for Ron Paul. And uh, so, let the pro-war mongers try to, you know, bicker over who their best candidate is. That that only benefits us. Right. I hope they stay in for quite some time. Yep. 1-800-259-9231. Again, you can bring up anything as we go to the email box and. A couple of different emails from two people in uh, different situations. One of them is uh, a female who is living in America illegally from Canada. Mark, you have that email, I believe. But first, we'll go to France, where there's a male listener of ours who would like very much to come to America, but there are some hoops involved. See, mm. when we talk about immigration on this show, there are inevitably people that will always call in and, you know, rail against illegals, they're illegal, they need to be legal, they just follow the process, why can't they follow the rules? Well, the rules suck, and they're... My parents followed the, you know, my grandparents followed the rules when they came over here, and, yeah. you know, in fact, the rules at that time were just entirely different, like, they were a heck of a lot easier. Like a one one-hundredth of the bureaucracy You filled out a little then. paperwork, you paid a little fee, and boom, there you are. Now it takes years and years, yeah. and it's arduous it's and difficult. It's insane. In fact, uh, we'll, we'll let Nicholas tell his story. He says, guys, uh... I hadn't listened to the show in a while because I've been swamped with work for the last few months, but I listened to the last couple of shows, and boy, the immigration issue sure is a hot one. I, as a potential candidate for immigration, know full well about the intricacies, paperwork, time, and effort involved in becoming a so-called legal immigrant, and I thought I'd share my feelings about it. The American immigration system is rife with uncertainty, frustration, contradiction, and, of course, fees. Mm. To make it simple, there are several ways to come to the United States legally as a permanent resident alien. I am, of course, oversimplifying, but the main idea is to get a job in one of the approved industries and to be sponsored by a U.S. employer. There are only, um, there are only a given number quotas of such visas available each year, and demand is so high that the quotas run out early on during the year, mostly to the benefit of the biggest companies with the resources to process the visa applications and bear the additional expense. Yeah, because, you know, it's better that uh, big companies employ people here in America than little, little companies having a chance. Even then, the restrictions are quite drastic on what you can and cannot do as a lawful resident alien, who you can work for, what jobs you can hold, what reduced benefits you are entitled to, while paying all of the taxes, and how often and for how long you can exit and re-enter the United States. One other path to invest, or is to invest at least $100,000 out of your own funds, no loans allowed, and employ a number of American citizens in high-paying jobs. Right. You know, so essentially we, 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 don't, we don't mind... Uh Bringing in uh, immigrants from other countries if they have a whole bunch of money or are and well they, connected and they can uh, right and well connected and they can start a business which will in fact compete with our businesses here right rather than people um, that will you know increase our labor pool and uh, hopefully offer us uh, people that will work hard or as you pointed out with a like a mom and pop business if uh, you know a, a family opens a business here and they have some family that live overseas and would like to to bring them in to help mm-hmm. them run the business sorry. 
You, you know, have to have big corporate connections to come in here. I know some people that uh, actually had a business uh, here in the United States, English, you know, English-speaking people that were from another country, and their business was destroyed because of the stupid, uh, you know, policies that, of 9/11. It was destroyed. They couldn't come back. They they went to visit in England. They were not allowed to return. Oh my goodness. 800-259-9231. More on the way from our friend in France. He'll give us the rest of the story on the immigration nightmare. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. So do enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And are you having trouble getting the restful sleep your body desperately needs? Before you reach for addictive pills, try the Sleep Generator. It's a CD that uses scientifically engineered audio frequencies that interact with the human brain in such a way that it almost forces quick, safe, and non-addictive sleep. So if you're really having trouble falling asleep, go to HighSpeedSleep.com. Remember, for deep, restful sleep, it's HighSpeedSleep.com. Worked for me. 1-800-259-9231. Now, wait, Mark, did you actually try the CD, the sleep CD? No, the uh, the, the, the meditation CD, or the, the happiness CD worked for me. And uh, I talked to the guy who owned the company. He's like, oh, yeah, that, that, that happens to people. So not okay. unusual. Okay. Uh, so 1-800-259-9231. We're talking immigration, uh, sharing an email from one of our listeners in France uh, who's talking about just how arduous this process really is. Because most people in America have no idea how bad it really is. And to largely they don't care either. Like they just don't care what happens sure. to any of these people until... Well, they're here. Ha, ha, ha. So right. shut the doors. Who cares if anyone right. else That's comes That's really in. how it is. Um, you know, but... Most of them would like to be able to leave if they'd like to go someplace, mm-hmm. but how would it be if some other country said, nope, nope, sorry? Well, that's how it works in other countries, too. It's very difficult to get into other countries as well. Not if you want to go visit. I mean, Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, so he's, he's pointing out that there's just insane restrictions. Uh, for instance, what you can and can't do, even as a lawful resident alien, who you can work for, what jobs you can hold, uh, all kinds of things. You have to know somebody. You have to have a big corporate connection in order to even come here in the first place. So if you're working for a mom-and-pop business, you know, your chances are next to nothing. Yeah, screw the mom-and-pop business and uh, right. the employee that they hope to uh, to get. Or if you happen to have $100,000 that you can come over and bring here to, to start your own business and employ some people, then they'll let you come in. So you can either be extremely wealthy or extremely well-connected with uh, U.S. Corp, uh, you know, corporate enterprises. Those are pretty much your two options that are more likely to get you in than anything else. And that still means you still have to jump through all these hoops and fill out forms and pay fees and hope that your fees don't get lost. Anyway, let's continue with Nicholas's email. He says, on the other hand, the United States has been operating the diversity visa lottery for a number of years now. I bet most Americans do not know about this program, which grants about 50,000 visas annually to people from countries with low immigration rates to the United States. The requirements are rather light, and there are no fees, and the waiting period is quite short in comparison to other visas. 
One only has to have a high school education or equivalent, and that's basically it. Among these countries are France, my native country, but also Egypt, Libya, Somalia, he goes through a few others, and uh, even North Korea and Saudi Arabia. This is quite a number of countries from you which... think North Korea lets people leave? <laughs> uh, ...from which terrorists could lawfully immigrate to the United States, isn't it? I bet that... I bet that's one law that most in the anti-immigration crowd would rather abolish if they knew about it. Or perhaps it's no big deal to them because the immigrants would be legal. The applications are then picked randomly by a computer and a visa is then issued to the new immigrants, provided they didn't lie on the application. The whole family will be admitted to the United States. Wow. All those eligible are authorized to apply separately to increase their chances to win the lottery. The lottery takes place every year and one may apply every year. The selection process is quick, and the visa is issued the next year or earlier. Nowadays, the government will only accept online applications, however, thereby lowering the chances of accepting people from the wrong countries. Yeah, that's probably true. So, you don't have Internet access? Too bad! Yep. Most when I was in Haiti, uh, Internet access was, you know, just the, the, the biggest of businesses, like the hospital, the government uh, places. It was shoddy. Right. Really difficult to get Internet access. So, I, I think that that's, you know... Essentially, what they're trying to do. Very right. effective way of keeping out the, the riffraff, as it were. But they're not riffraff. No, they're, they're not. The, these are the people we want to come here. The Absolutely. people that are trying people to escape want... from the most, uh, the most despotic, the most awful, the most tyrannical countries around the world. The whole point of America was to have open doors to say, come in, please. Here's the place where you can live free. Come you can't live off other people. Of course, you can now that the government has created all these, uh, you know, programs, the welfare programs, but those need to go away. The concept was come here and you can make a life for yourself living in a free place. Of course, it's not free anymore, and they've closed the gates. And they're trying to keep the people out that made this country great. This country was made great by hardworking immigrants that came here to, to get away from tyranny. And now it's all completely changed. He says uh, most people don't know about the immigration laws of their own country. Laws which they so often swear by and wish were enforced more consistently. Right. Well, everybody would like to see laws um, enforced consistently. That would be that, that would at, le- at the very least be a step in the right direction. But laws, by their you know, just by human nature, they can't be enforced um, evenly because we have too many of them. Mm-hmm. We just have so many laws. These legislators, these lawmakers in Washington, um, in our state capitals, are busy, busy, busy making laws. Well. How can possibly these law enforcement officers enforce all these rules? They're just not enough of them. They could deputize us all, and we wouldn't be able to force uh, enforce all of them. He says, "I don't know. Uh, I know I don't know about the immigration laws in France. I've never had to wait in line at a government office and beg for permission. Well, actually, I have quite often, but not for immigration relating pro- uh, related problems. Since I happen to be born in France." Uh, he says, I don't know whether immigrants, legal or illegal, are statistically more prone to committing crimes or are generally savages on the loose, as some callers seem to make them out to be. But I know this. People should always be judged as individuals and not as belonging to a certain group. My point is, the American immigration laws are ridiculously complex, unfair, and designed to keep people out. They not sure are. make anybody safer. All the while maintaining a semblance of openness to a system dictated by those who hold protectionism in high esteem. As for me, I seem to have the misfortune of being outside of any official category. I've spent the last two years building an online business, one which I'd hoped to move to New Hampshire as soon as it would become financially viable enough for me to do so. Unfortunately, it seems to me the immigration laws in America are getting worse every year and making it impossible for me to relocate. I was hoping to move to New Hampshire this September, but it now looks as if it will never happen after uh, after all. 
I, I was now the the rules are that if you get a job, then then you have a much better chance of getting in if somebody will sponsor you. Mm-hmm. And here's what I was wondering when I read his uh, his email. I've worked uh, a good portion of my adult life on 100% commission. Um, I know that uh, car uh, you know uh, car salesmen do this. I know that radio ad salespeople do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, lots of ad sales in lots of different locations um, do. You know, 100% commission. And it it has its ups and it has its downs, but I'm just thinking that largely an employer doesn't make a very big uh, commitment when they hire somebody on a 100% commission. You're not saying, well, I'll pay you right. $800 a week or, or whatever the amount is. I wonder what it would, you know, what would happen if somebody started a pro-freedom business that essentially said, sure, come, we'll, get, we'll employ you, come on in and we'll, uh, you know, employ you on a 100% commission. I'm just wondering if that would allow uh, people who wanted to get in the country like him to be able to slip past the rules. Well, as he, as he points out, uh, you know, again, the biggest companies have the resources to process the visa applications mm-hmm. and bear the expenses. So, you know, you'd, you'd still have to incur some level of expense in order to bring these, these people over. Not if they did it themselves. You'd probably be, uh, you know, they. You'd probably would be vetted, and there's still that process. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's still a, there's still the application process. There's still the approval process, and who knows what other sorts of uh, questionnaires or paperwork or whatever is involved. Well, whatever in that. the process is, it, it stinks. But it's not. It's likely not a very easy process to go through. That's why only the biggest of corporations are more likely, uh, the biggest companies more likely to 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 get it to happen. So. And, and I'm sure they probably, uh, you know, notice know all the these biggest, applications but... coming through from this one company. It might get red flagged. It might mm-hmm. get subjected to more investigation. It's a nice idea, Mark, and it's worth looking into. I Just suppose. wondered. He says that uh, so he wanted to come here, but it looks like it's not going to happen after all. The vast majority of his clients are from the United States, so he says I enjoy working with Americans so much that it's only strengthened my desire to move. I'm a healthy 25-year-old entrepreneur with no debt whatsoever and enough money to move my profitable business to the United States. He goes on to tell us a little bit more about about himself, and it's just so sad that somebody like this feels as though it's next to impossible for him to come here and make a better life for himself. He's not coming here. He's not going to come here to mooch. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are free. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping at our store where we get all kinds of great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats and hoodies and DVD classic archive collector sets. We've got flags and more. It's all there at store.freetalklive.com as well as details on how to get yourself a bumper sticker for free. That's store.freetalklive.com. And the Federal Reserve is stealing your purchasing power. It's time for you to inflation-proof your money. Get America's second most popular currency, the Liberty Dollar. 100% backed and 100% redeemable in gold and silver. Go to libertydollar.org. Stop using their money and start using the Liberty Dollar and return America to value one dollar at a time. libertydollar.org. 800-259-9231, talking about immigration and telling a story from an email, a listener in France, who he's a Fr- uh, French native, and he very much would like to get the hell out. Uh, somehow he avoided getting indoctrinated with uh, the French socialism over there and is a pretty free market kind of dude, a uh, liberty-oriented guy, been listening to this show for uh, for a while. 
Yeah, I've seen I've had seen emails from the past. And he's talking about how insanely difficult it can be as even as a relatively well off, as he points out, he's twenty five years old, he's healthy, he's an entrepreneur, he doesn't have any debt, he's got enough money to move to the United States and move his business to the United States. But he doesn't have enough to make the $100,000 requirement that it might take in order to get him to a, into a special immigration class. And he's not interested in getting a J-O-B, a job, with uh, some U.S. corporation. So he's pretty much S.O.L. Uh, I mean, he could roll the dice every year and hope that he gets one of the little random uh, visas that they give out. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he's he's going to do that. But otherwise, he's... He pretty much has given up on coming here because it's so difficult, and it continues to progressively get more and more difficult as the U.S. bureaucracies layer on the rules and the regulations and the fines and the fees and the paperwork, and it just – it's it's nutso. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense um, from a lot of points of view. I mean, you know, sure, he's from France, and there's lots of people out there that don't like France, so because he's from France, screw him or whatever, but – Think about it. This guy has his own business. He's mm-hmm. making lots of money. He can probably make or plenty of money. I mean, he's doing okay. Um, he because most of his clients are from the United States. And therefore, he could probably make more if he moved to the United States. Why not let him move here and then he'd increase the tax base? If nothing else, I mean, if, if, if it's this government that's so important to you. I, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know what their rationale is for having all of their nonsense rules and their quotas and their uh, the the bureaucracy. Terrorists, terrorists, but, but, that terrorists. The, but that wasn't the rule. I know. I mean, it's that just, wasn't the excuse it's, 20 it's years ago. It's just to limit people from coming here. That's right. all. So as, as though there's some benefit to doing that. There's not. There's no benefit to putting limits on the number of people that can come to America Well, I, at I, all. I guess some of the benefit uh, for uh, you know, uh, short-term benefit for people is that their jobs are protected. They're less likely to have their job taken by an immigrant. Less competition. What for... they what they don't see is that um, you know by increasing the cost of the labor market here in the United States, you make other labor markets in other countries look more valuable. Um, you know, there's no reason why an immigrant can't come here and work for you know some small amount. You know, the, the unions and them getting backed right. up by laws. Sorry, the labor market here, it, it, it's becoming more and more unattractive to employers every single day. Right, that's a great point. It's, Manufacturers. It's, it, right, it's nothing more than the illusion of protection. So they, they have all these rules and these quotas, and they say, oh, American workers, we're protecting you from these immigrants coming in here. But you haven't stopped the, uh, the, the – what has not been stopped is the ability for companies to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I know that the protectionists would like that to stop, too. Oh, I don't uh, know how they're going to do it, though. Right. How, yeah, exactly. How can, <laughs> I mean, good luck t- t- um, well, trying to tell companies that they can't leave. The companies could leave, but I suppose they could shut down the, the trade. They could shut down trade and not allow any uh, products to be imported, which would be suicide, of course. Mm. That's not very likely to to ever happen. No. Uh, so Thank it's God. it's just a it's a facade. It's a scam, and it's just it's sad that people like this, good people, can't come here to make a better life for themselves because of all these insane rules. He wants to be a legal immigrant, but he can't because the system sucks and the legal immigration process is arduous and insane. But let me continue his final few thoughts. 
He says, I'm adamantly opposed to welfare and would never consider applying for state so-called benefits. I'm not a rich man, and I can't make the kind of investment required to qualify for an investor visa, nor would I want to unless I had a need for such an investment in the first place. I conversely do not need to apply for a job since I would provide my own job and would spend the dollars I currently earn in America rather than in Europe. I'm officially undesirable in the land of the free, home, and brave. Sadly... I must concede that I probably am neither. I cannot build a healthy life in America as an illegal immigrant, living in fear of the government all of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that either. Not being able to live a normal life, which will only get worse as government becomes more and more intrusive and watchful. On the other hand, I cannot be in peace with myself here in France, where everything I see and hear is a hurtful reminder of my own failure to live free according to my own beliefs. Well... I don't know that uh, he's going to find uh, America, in, in fact, is the land of the free still, but... Um, France know, is not a lot doing more too socialist. great. Yeah, they, they're a lot more socialist. Much further down the road uh, towards so- socialism. Patrick Henry was right, says Nicholas, but I'm afraid I don't have his courage. I don't know what to do anymore. 800-259-9231. Mm. Can, you imagine feeling that fr- can you imagine feeling that frustration? I mean, we're all we're fine here in America. I mean, right now at least, things haven't gotten to the point where life is uh, particularly uncomfortable. And I don't think he's saying his life is uncomfortable. I'm sure he can go and buy food and, and all that sort of thing. But but he sees the rise of socialism around him, and it disgusts him, and it frustrates him because he knows that socialists there are so entrenched. It's just like it is here. It's just worse. They've just been at it for longer, and uh, you know it's just, it's just worse there. Yeah. So they've got a you know the two party system or however many parties they have over there, and they're all a bunch of commies, a bunch of socialists running for office, and he sees no chance to change anything. They don't have a Ron Paul in France, so at least over here with the the Free State Project, he sees an opportunity to live free. He sees an opportunity for liberty, but he he's helpless. He can't do anything about it. He's not going to live as an illegal immigrant because that's just a life he doesn't want to live. Uh, and, I wouldn't want him. And he can't live as a legal immigrant because the rules won't let him. It's too difficult, too arduous. So he's got nothing. one 800 And this is another reason why I support secession. If New Hampshire can secede from, uh, from the Union then we can open our borders and actually have, you know, what is essentially the new free land, you know, the new America, and actually allow people like Nicholas and others from around the world who want to escape their uh, tyrannical, despotic, socialist uh, paradises and come here and make a better life for themselves. You know, that's sort of uh, that where I was just sitting there not having an answer for you or for Nicholas or anything like that. It's the, the only time that really happens um, is in the situation of government. I mean, if if I say I want to have a yacht, the free market has an answer for me. Mm-hmm. I can have a yacht. Like, I can work hard, and I can come up with the money. I can, uh, you know, I, I can do all kinds of different things, and I can have a yacht. Um, if, if I say I want to be a, an airplane pilot, the free... The free market has something for me. If I say I want to jump off of a, a tall platform with a rubber band strapped around my ankle, the free market has something for yeah, me. Sure. Um, when it comes to, and you know, that's what freedom is. But when it comes to no, 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 you can't have this. Mm-hmm. Tough luck, too bad. You'll never get it. It feels like when I was in prison. You know that there's just no answer for getting out of prison They're, because the government's holding you. And essentially. 
Nicholas is in prison, uh, you know, to some extent, too. Right. Well, that's why I said yesterday or the other day when we interviewed Lauren Canario here that uh, welcome back to the world of the semi-free. She's not totally imprisoned, just somewhat imprisoned, right? Mm -hmm. His prison is the country of France. Well, it's the it's the um, restrictive rules of the other countries that he might wish to go to. True. He could travel. I mean, he could travel to the rest of Europe and see the sights and all that, but he can't stay there. Right. He could travel he could, to America. He may very well be able to immigrate to, uh, immigrate, immigrate to some other countries that would be easier to go to, but he doesn't want to go there. And that's right. kind of how prison was. There was places in prison where I could go. I could go mm-hmm. to, you know, K-dorm, confinement. I could go to the, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, there was all kinds of places, additional places I could go that had less freedom that I did didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. There were other dormitories inside the prison that were equally as uh, you know harsh as the one I was in. Not that it was terribly harsh or anything like that. And you know, I, the only reason I would want to switch uh, dormitories or whatever is if a friend was over there, that kind of thing. But I couldn't go to the one place I really wanted to go, which was out that door. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that uh, I didn't deserve uh, a certain amount of prison, and but I do don't think that Nicholas deserves to be imprisoned. He's never hurt anybody. He's just trying to make a better life for himself. And he's decided that life, his future isn't in France. He would like his future to be here. He would like to come here and be an entrepreneur and make a better life and, and, and live more free. Not a lot more free, but a little bit more free. But because of the stupid rules and the dumb regulations and the insane bureaucracy that we have in this country, he's prevented. So how do, you all, how do all you immigration controllers feel about that? 1-800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. want to hear from you. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. In the last hour, we shared with you an email from a listener in France who was recounting his problems that he has had attempting to immigrate uh, or emigrate to the United States. It's just awful. It's just a nightmare. And most and the purpose in telling the story beyond the fact that it was just an interesting personal story was to help uh, to help Americans understand just how arduous and bureaucratic and nonsensical this process is mm-hmm. because most Americans don't have a clue. They didn't. They've never had to immigrate anywhere, and uh, they they think that there's something valuable about the immigration process. They think that it, oh, you need to go and be legal. You need it's important to b- fill out that paperwork. Well, they don't understand how much paperwork they have to fill out. They don't understand the fees. They don't, they don't understand the absurd rules. And as you pointed out, yeah, they don't. They could give a flip. It yeah. doesn't affect Americans their lives. Americans could really care less about um, you know what happens to Im- in immigrants' lives trying to come here. Unless now, they know somebody who's trying to come here, and then it. Right. Then they care. And then they care. But if you take if you go back a century, a lot of our um ancestors wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for the fact that we had laxer um immigration laws at that time. Mm-hmm. We wanted people to come here. We still should want people to come here, work hard and build this nation. But for some reason now, I don't know, we don't. So to continue on this theme, 
Mark, you have an email from a Canadian yep. immigrant. Except this, this one's an illegal one, right? Yeah, this is from um, from Ashley. And she she decided to take a different tack. Now, Nicholas, he has been following the rules. He finds the, the rules extraordinarily difficult. He doesn't know whether he'll ever be able to get to the United States. Mm-hmm. Ashley, on the other hand, took things into her own hands. Now, I've been listening to your show. It's easier for her because she lives in Canada. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to uh, stop Canadians from coming here. But you can still... Make it difficult on them once they are here. Oh, sure. I've been listening to your show for almost every night now, and I thought I would finally write and tell you my experiences being an illegal Canadian immigrant in this country for the last four years. I began to get interested in moving to your country after meeting somebody that lived there. I had read the rules for immigrating um, from my home country to yours. Of course, they tell you that maybe we'll consider you if you have a highly desirable skill. Well, that's nice, but I don't even, uh, I haven't even finished high school. I tried to look into getting a uh, student visa to go to school over there, but over here, excuse me, she's in the United States, but I was told that I wouldn't be accepted for that either. I came to realize pretty quickly that marriage was the best option for citizenship, and both him and I agreed to work on that process of getting my fiance's, uh, getting my fiance visa. Now, the process for this can take up to two years. You are not allowed to visit the U.S. until your visa has been approved. You, now, this is, I assume you want to get married to this person is two years? Mm-hmm. If I want to marry, I don't know, and I didn't know this, but if I wanted to marry somebody in a foreign country, me, an American citizen, it would take two years to bring my, the person I wanted to marry into this country? Yeah. That's sick. You need to fill out um, all the paperwork for them, pay hundreds of dollars or thousands if you get a lawyer. Which then, you should, because if you screw up the paperwork, they'll just chuck it, yeah. and then uh, you lost your application fee, and you'll have to do it again. Yep. If they don't lose or misfile your paperwork, and, and they do it all it's the time. a practice of theirs to misfile this paperwork. Sure. It's a practice of theirs to lose it. Because they don't have any incentive not to. Nope. If they lose your paperwork, what are you going to do? Sue them? Yep. You don't even live here. Yeah. You don't even vote. Who cares? You need to do interviews to make sure your marriage is real and not a scam for citizenship. If all that goes well, you might get in. <laughs> I, can't ev- I can't even imagine what those interviews are like. I can't either. You have to prove to them that you really love this person. For instance, I know of somebody in uh, out in California who uh, it's, he's a friend of mine. Uh, he is marrying somebody expressly for the purpose of getting them into the country. Um, it's you know he doesn't really love the girl. He's just you know marrying her because he's doing her a favor. I've, and, I've met people who do this um, have, have done this for money too. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it's the best option. And as Ashley's story progresses, I'll show you why. This is superior to actually marrying someone for love. Now, let me go on. Okay, go. After thinking and rethinking this option, I decided I didn't want to wait one or but two she was, years. She actually loved the person that she wanted to, to get together with. Okay. Or interested um, in. I came down and uh, started living here right before my 19th birthday. After my birthday, the relationship with the guy I had originally moved for um, resolved itself, and one of my friends told me that he would help me out by marrying me for, fit- for citizenship. Hmm. So I decided that I was going to go to Victoria, B.C. To, vi- to visit a friend for my 20th birthday. I had already phoned some bureaucrats asking if it was all right to leave the country, even though I didn't have an American ID. And they said, yeah, yeah, well, it should be fine. And, well, it wasn't. On my way back through, now this happens all the time with government agencies, is they give you conflicting information, and then when you do what it is you've asked, well, they say, no, you can't, and right. tough luck. On my way back uh, through the U.S. border crossing, I thought everything was going to be fine. I wrote down my address as living in Portland, Oregon. When it was my turn to take uh, to talk to the border patrol officer, he looked at my papers, my ID, looked me up and down and says, you're going to have to wait over there. 
Before one of the other bureaucrats even got around to talking to me, they told um, they told the bus that I was on to go back to Seattle to leave without me because I wasn't going to go anywhere. Hmm. I started crying because my whole life was in Portland and my family lives back in Ontario, which is a long way from <laughs> uh, right there in, uh, on the border, uh, B.C. I had no money, no way to get home. The bureaucrat told me, shut up. Crying isn't going to help. Shut your face. Crying will not help here. Wow. Eventually, they explained to me that I didn't file. Um, Being for, a bureaucrat means you don't have to care. Yeah. I um, I didn't file for naturalization before I left, so it was illegal for me to live in the uh, country until I filed for a status change. I told them I had phoned the immigration and asked specifically about this issue. Of course, they didn't care. After they fingerprinted me, flagged my passport, and treated me like a criminal, they walked me over to the Canadian Border Patrol building and left me there for the next bus back to Vancouver. Hmm. After taking the Greyhound all the way from Vancouver to Toronto and several months of waiting and getting my new ID, I finally decided to try go through the border again. I was with my mom and stepdad this time, and they didn't ask us for ID. I was pretty shocked at this, considering the crackdown on the borders. After coming home to my husband, he started to become abusive and unwilling to help me get my citizenship. Oh, dear. I decided to leave him for my own safety, and now he's threatening to call INS on me if I don't come back to him. Wow. See? You're, I mean, she's, she's essentially a, a, you're, you're a housemaid. Yeah. yeah. She's owned by this guy. It, or she can go back to Canada. Right. So this, this is why it would just be superior to give somebody 5000 bucks to marry you. So they don't have these issues. You don't have those issues, right? Well, well you know, likely they they won't, uh, you know, screw you over. You say, right. well, the process is going to take this long, and I'll give you this much here, that this much mm-hmm. here, this much here. So they're going to be, you know, you, you right. pay them, you pay them on term, and break that, your agreement. You're you don't have to pay them. Yeah, you right. won't uh, you you won't get any money. And then if they do break their agreement, at the very least, you can, uh, you know, talk to say and say, oh well, I met somebody else. Makes sense. Yep. So the lesson that I've taken from this is absolutely falsify your purpose for being in the country if you're going to see your significant other or you will be denied if something is suspicious about them. I am now in the extremely uncomfortable position of being an illegal with a flagged passport who is going through a divorce, not able to get a job, and having to uh, uh, my safety threatened. Mm. I really like my home here, and it makes me worried to think that I could be that it could be taken away. Possibly charged with something and deported because I want to live in the U.S. instead of Canada. And I decided not to waste thousands of my dollars getting permission to live and work here. All I want is some freedom and happiness. Can you believe that? Freedom and happiness. I, now, I remember that whole pursuit of happiness thing in the Declaration of Independence. Right. They talk about freedom in there, too. I wonder how it is that we ever strayed from that. Big government. Yeah, big government. Government just has to have things to control. Might as well control immigrants, right? Yeah. Is that the the end of the email? That's that's the end of it. What yeah. a, another tragic story. A- Ashley gave us a couple of X's and O's behind the. Oh, uh, this is yeah, sweet, nice. Um, but but an, what an awful position for her to be in. She again, just like Nicholas last hour, she is just somebody, a regular person that wants to make a better life for herself, but feels hamstrung by all the rules and regulations. And now she's uh, she's decided to go and and uh, and just come here anyway. And now she's in an even worse situation because the guy that she was going to be marrying is now threatening her, threatening to call uh, the government and and snitch her out. I mean, just tragic. 
would love to hear your thoughts. 800-259-9231, especially from somebody that loves the idea of controlling immigration, that thinks that everybody should be legal. Well, how do you feel about this young lady? Uh, she just wants to come here and make a better life for herself, but yet the stupid rules are preventing her from doing that. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The feature's there for free. So enjoy them on us, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, we've got them all right there on the front page of the website. An entire year's worth, as a matter of fact, for free. Just go and get them. Click and download. freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Let's go right into the phones and to the fun. Talk to Lee in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, Lee. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, you know, you guys periodically have moments of clarity, which is why many of us in Montana listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't ever seem to be one of yours. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions to sure. see if I can't clarify it for you. By all means. All right. Uh, you'd agree that water is good for living creatures and uh, plants and such, right? They'll die without Sure, it. sure, yeah. What happens if you... Stick a garden hose down your throat. Too much water. You're going to die. Too much of a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, too much of a good thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That could probably relate to the immigration thing. They always, since right after everybody got a free pass from England, basically, on the Mayflower, okay. they had specific limits on how many people could come here. No, they Why? really didn't have specific limits until um, it was the federal government didn't put any limits on the people last coming into. Years they've had them anyway. Uh, yeah, for a little over a hundred years, um, and usually the limits, at least early on, were on specific ethnic groups. For instance, Chinamen were uh, were uh, outlawed for a while, and we've had yeah, different but they ethnic were real groups. Popular in the eighteen hundreds. That was know? the late eighteen. Yeah, the late eighteen hundreds. That's right. So and, you know, that's but, a plus minus. We're building railroads. We need the Chinese guys to do twice the work that the Irish guys do. Sure. So that's irrelevant. Now, Lee, but you're talking about force. Now, um, water doesn't run down your throat. You have to put it there. And some people drink more water in a day than other people do. Like my wife probably drinks something close to a gallon of water a day. That's Uh, a good thing, you know. It is a good thing. I, on the other hand, wash my hands in the stuff. Um, I do that a lot, too. But anyway. (laughs) But the point I'm trying to make on this is that, you know, with these, um, with with immigration, is how do the bureaucrats know what the right amount is? They don't. They don't. They I, absolutely I'll, don't. I'll, but I think business people may. Comes in. The government has made it a ritual. I mean, we have a guy here that has a wife from a foreign country. I think he's going on four years trying to get her legal. Yeah. He's doing it the right way. Uh, who knows how many untold thousands he spent. It, it's got to be you incredible. Know, it's like, dude, 
What's well, you know, you can't believe it's a true story, just like the Canadian girl and so on and so forth. Or guy, I don't know what it was. Oh, well, there was a Canadian believe- girl and a French guy. Right, I believe okay. it. Okay, so you got two guys or two people from two different countries. They just want to do something different. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's the cool part of the whole thing. That's your moment of clarity again there. But the fact is, realistic numbers are literally thirty million. What, what are you talking about? 30 million uh, illegal immigrants. 30 million uh, already illegal, here? I, did you know there's like over a million illegal Irishmen in this country? Okay. I've I've met one of them. Well, I don't know. I, I used to work next to a guy that had a Swedish car repair shop named Swede. <laughs> and he got here the day before he was to be deported. He was at a discotheque. That tells you how long ago it was. Married a hippie chick. They're still together. You're having a happy life. That's how he got in. He he married a gringo. So far, we've made a, you've made a couple of points, or we've made points, and we've agreed that you know the immigration process is arduous. It's annoying. It gets in the way of people's freedom. Where is it that we disagree, Lee? You've yet to make a persuasive point. They're overrunning us. We we're allowing to you know just coming in free. What are, what are without, the effects? Well, okay, I'll give you an example in Oregon, which is a sanctuary state like New York. Um, I wish we had a sanctuary country. Well, you know, maybe your free state ought to have a sanctuary free state in New Hampshire. Yeah, we should open the borders. I, I really think that's something we should do. Years. What, go ahead and make your point. You can't get pulled. You, can't, you cannot even ask anybody that has a, uh, any, should we say, a Spanish surname for their papers. Why not? We shouldn't be asking anyone for their papers. You mean in uh, in the the sanctuary states? No one should be asked for their papers. That's Nazi nonsense. I agree. No one should be asked for their papers. So how come I can be asked for my papers? How come they don't have to be asked? I don't know, Lee. It sounds like your gripe is with the government asking you for for papers and, again, not applying their law uh, consistently. So, again, what's your point about immigration? So are you concerned that there's too many of them coming here? The pendulum has swung so far the other direction that they can't actually do their job, find somebody that's here illegally. Um, I think I might have said something one time. I have a friend that has an orchard in Oregon. Okay. And he was going through, all they have to do is provide Social Security number and this and that. Mm-hmm. He has three Jose's with the same last name. That was their Jose something or other. Rodriguez. Okay, so? Uh it actually wasn't, but... Yeah, whatever. Whatever. So, mm-hmm. what about... But the point is, they all had the same Social Security number. Kind of bought their uh, Okay, I don't know... You, you know what they're well, doing with that Social covered. Security number, Lee? He's okay. He says, I just, I just need to get the cherries picked. It's a two-week job, and they're gone. I'm covered. You know, I, I can't... You know what they're doing with that Social Security number, though? They're paying taxes. Now, I'm sure they're going out and getting... Um, I'm, no. I'm, I'm sure they're getting a WIC and all those other things. I'm not sure exactly how one does it. Likely, you can ask some illegal immigrant um, how to go about doing that. But I think that we should allow people in this country to, uh, you know, to work. That's now a good that's, thing to pay that's taxes. That's fine that's a example. fine thing. I but I think they need to not be. We we shouldn't be forced to give them welfare. We shouldn't be forced to give anybody welfare. We shouldn't. Our hospitals shouldn't be forced to give them service. We shouldn't be forced to uh, have to educate their educate their uh, kids. Why should we? I didn't have their kids. They had them. They should right. have to educate them. That's right. Uh, so, you know, we keep going in the same direction. The thing is, there's a saturation point. 
How, yeah, now, what what makes you say that? Are, are you an ep- expert on these things? I mean, what do you mean saturation point? How do, who determined what the saturation point is, Lee? Well, let's say you got X amount of people, say two and a half percent of the people that are incapable of working. Uh, let's say physical disabilities. Et cetera, et cetera, mental disabilities. You've got you to make your point right real quick. 30 Come seconds. Come break. Okay. And you got another 1.5% that don't want to work, and they're just at the government trough. More than so? That number's probably quite a bit higher. But And your point is uh, what? The point is those people can be working. We don't need these guys. That's the saturation point. When you exceed that, it's a, we got all kinds of uh, everyday people that aren't working. Uh-huh. I actually want to work, but, you know, how do you compete with somebody that comes in and says, you pay me $5 cash, man? I, I don't know. know. How I, do you I'll compete? For... You have to go and get a job somewhere else, I guess. Yeah, Too I'd bad. say $5 an hour is better than uh, $0 an right. hour, which is what you get I, for not working. I like it when people come in and compete for wage because it means that the cost of the business goes down, and therefore those savings can be passed on to the consumers, making it easier for us to buy things and live our lives. Thanks for you the call. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything, the toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project, your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. So we just got off the phone with Lee in Montana, and... He seems to listen to the show quite a bit, and that's a good thing, and seems to agree with us. I, I know we agree. I mean, we've had conversations with Lee before, and mm-hmm. we certainly agree with him on a lot of things, but he really wasn't making. He tried to make a point on the, the whole immigration situation, and, and he didn't really make anything very persuasive. The closest he got was to say that there's a saturation point and, for which immigrants. I'm not, I wouldn't disagree with that there's a saturation point with, with immigrants. I'll disagree with that. Uh, there may very well be. A, there is a saturation point, but the free market can figure out what that saturation point is significantly better than, um, than, we, than but wait a, a bureaucrat can. Hold on just a second. I will explain. Explain it to you. There's a saturation point um, for you know, as far as uh, people go, as far as cans of soup. Okay, there's a product. Um, all the cans of soup in America that can be that are to be consumed have been consumed. Now people will slowly continue to consume cans of soup, mm-hmm. but if you have too many cans of soup um, in your store, you have too much money tied up in cans of soup. The amount of of cans of soup you have in the inventory, uh, you know, versus spoilage, you know, with with the amount of spoilage and and you know the consume the rate that people consume it, that's the saturation point. Okay, people don't want to buy the immigrants. The immigrants, you know, rent them um, on an hourly basis by paying them an hourly wage or whatever. 
then the immigrants won't come. That's what a saturation point is. Fantasy. Uh, you, you, your point is maybe correct about soup, but we're talking about people here, Mark. It's all a and, commodity. Uh, well, as far as labor is concerned, in a free marketplace, there are always more jobs than there are people to fill them. That's just how it is. And yeah, so, but in, are people willing to work at the wages that those jobs are at? I don't know. That would be up to the people. Well, well, this is the point. If we get too many immigrants in here and people are, um, you know, employers are willing to offer five cents an hour to an immigrant to work here, they probably won't come, Ian. That may be true. Okay, fine. Uh, But it's very unlikely that that's going to happen because, again, as I pointed out. Right, because the wealth pie continues to grow, and in a free market where people are able to come here freely, then they would fill jobs and more jobs would be created almost immediately. So there really is no saturation well, point because the market uh, all scales I said, up. All I said was I'm not going to argue that there isn't a saturation point. Maybe there is a saturation point. I thought you were arguing saying, there was a saturation maybe point. Maybe there is a saturation point. I guess there is a saturation point. Whatever that saturation point is, the bureaucrats don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Nobody knows what it is. Lee thought he knew what it was. Lee doesn't know what it is. He didn't claim to know who what it was. Yeah, he's kind of sounded kind of confused. Well, he didn't sound confused. He said there's a saturation point, and you know, fine, there is a saturation point. I disagree. Okay, okay. So you say there isn't. I say there is. But you, both you and I, would agree that the marketplace will figure that out on its own. You might be right. You might be wrong. I might be right. I might be wrong. But the marketplace will figure it out because okay. all labor is is a commodity. Just just like cans of soup. Yeah, okay, fine. I it's mean, the if, commodity that you and I can provide. A, if there is a saturation point, then yes, the market will figure it out. But that doesn't mean the market will enforce immigration laws. The market's not going to stop people from coming here if people want to come here and, you know live however no, they want to the live. the market won't, but it'll disincentivize people that, do, um, want, that, that are thinking about coming here. Yeah, I don't know, okay, Mark. So, I don't think that, for instance, if So you, wages in Cuba. We just talked about wages in Cuba being yeah. $15 an, um, a month. Mm-hmm. Do you see people lined up to go to Cuba? Certainly not. No. That's but because I can people this, don't want to go to get those wages. If the, if the word gets to Cuba, for instance, that uh, all of a sudden there's freedom in America again and that people can come here and just, you know, just get here and they you'll be free. They just want the higher wages. <laughs> um, they, they aren't going to pick up the phone and call around to find a job before they get here. The people that but are going to come return, here, but they'll return, Ian. They'll come here, they'll spend a few bucks, and then they'll leave. Well, be, and I'm arguing there is no saturation point. They won't have any reason to to leave because, again, once those jobs are filled, more jobs are created, and they're not necessarily created at five cents an hour. They may be created at a lower wage. They may be created at a high. I don't know. It just depends on the products and services. It's it's impossible for us to predict what the marketplace is going to look like or would would do in a a true free market situation. But I can tell you that uh, you know, with new people coming. Coming into the economy, it will scale up, the wealth pie will grow, and there will always be a need for, for lower-wage workers. There will always be a need, and there will always be jobs to be filled. So I disagree with the point that there's a saturation point, but either way, uh, you know, the fact is the government's rules are arduous, they're absurd, they're insane, and they're hindering our economy. The fact they they is are hindering our economy. They pre- absolutely are. By preventing they're driving, people. Um, they're, they're driving up the cost of everything. Yep. And here's the other thing that uh, the people that want to limit um, immigration into this country fail to see every single time is that it drives manufacturing jobs out. It, it is, the more expensive our labor market is here in the United States, the more difficult it is for a manufacturing company to make ends meet. Some manage to do it, but... The more difficult it is, and sooner or later, they're going to move elsewhere. 
And then what are we forced to do? Then we're forced to put tariffs on, and you know you, the government creates more government in order to solve the problems that the government instituted in the first place. Yep. Then you're increasing tariffs. Now you're having now you're controlling wages some more, increasing the tariffs again. Pretty soon, what do you have? A socialist enclave, um, a dictatorial regime, just like North Korea. Right. What needs to happen with immigration is the United States government needs to abolish its immigration bureaucracies. ICE and whatever the one is that does the applications and all the paperwork, abolish them and simply allow people to come here. If a state wants to put up uh, oppressive rules and regulations, then that would be a preferable situation to having it all done by the federal government. At least then the 50 different states could set different rules and and uh, and compete to some extent. And it would, we'd be able to tell uh, sort of in the, the laboratory of the republic and uh, federalism as to what worked better for what states and what didn't work. Uh, but even so, smaller uh, the smaller... The smaller the government, the better. The less involvement, the better. The idea that these immigration uh, controllers, the people that believe that immigrants should be stopped from coming here, the idea that you think government is going to be able to stop immigrants from coming here is absolutely fantasy on your part. It's, it's insane fantasy. The government can't keep drugs out of prisons, but you think that it, out of a secure facility, right. a small, secure facility, it can't stop drugs from getting in, but you think that the government can stop immigrants from getting into this country with thousands of miles of border to cross? You are nuts if you believe that is the case. And you're also really crazy if you think that it can do it without infringing on your liberties as well. Because I'm telling you, that's already happening. They're raiding businesses, they're, uh, they're stopping people at random checkpoints, and the, it's just getting worse. They're, they want a national ID card. The immigration crackdown that you people want is going to result in the loss of even more liberties right here at home for you. Is that what you're willing to give up? Are you willing to give up your freedom? Are you willing to show your ID to any cop any old time when he asks you for your citizenship papers? Is that something that makes you feel good and warm and cozy inside? Because that sounds outrageous to me. As we increase the disincentives for being here illegally, um, you know, all those things that you just talked about, as we increase those disincentives, yes, it will drive some people, um, some illegals will get caught, some will decide they don't want to stay in the country, mm-hmm. they'll be driven out. What's that going to do? Is That's going to drive up the wages of people that are illegal currently here in the country. That's that, you know. There's fewer people to fill those jobs, um, so some some of those jobs would be taken by low-end Americans, but then more people that are illegal are going to want to come in to fill those jobs because the wages will be higher. It'll increase the incentives. In the same way that if you bust a marijuana dealer on the street, it drives up the price of the pot. Somebody comes in, steps into his place, and then tries and then drives the rate da- back mm-hmm. down. It's the same thing. You cannot prohibit behavior like this. It is. It, it just doesn't work. All it does is incarcerates people. Like you know, like I want to pay for a bunch of illegal aliens being incarcerated. You have to feed those people. You right. have to house them. Prisons are expensive. If you built right. your house like a prison, it would cost you a fortune. Right now, right now, as we speak, most illegal immigrants in America are out there working for a living. Sure, there are some that are taking welfare, but there's also some regular Americans that are taking welfare. Most of them are out there working. You put them in a jail cell, then you have to feed them, whereas you weren't feeding them before. They were feeding themselves. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything even in these remaining moments. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there 
totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then amp up. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. And the purpose is not to go to paychecks or to uh, buy Mark a new car. Uh, the purpose for the Although, amp program. I do need one. The purpose for the AMP program is to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. That money comes in, and we turn it right back around into getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide and as fast as possible. So if that sounds valuable to you, and you want to get some perks too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more, head over to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more about the program, and get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Jeremiah, listening on KGEZ in Montana. Hello, Jeremiah. Hello, Jeremiah. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? uh, Do you think that uh, there's a reason why crime has been on the rise in the southwest corner of the United States? What sort of crime? I don't know, and I wonder what is the cause of that crime in the last 10 years. Well, I can tell you what it is. The war on drugs, sir. That's the cause of the crime. It makes uh, dealing drugs uh, an illegal thing, and so therefore criminals get involved in selling uh, narcotics. And, of course, that results in a whole lot of arrests, which makes it look like there's a lot of crime out there, when, in fact, it's all mostly tied to the war on drugs. Okay. And another point I have, uh, I know of someone uh, who applies... uh, uh, roofing to very large buildings, uh, mm-hmm. and in the mornings he stops at this one particular corner and he loads up the back of his truck with certain individuals that stand there, mm-hmm. and then he goes and uh, they put in a big day, and then he goes back to that corner and drops them off again and pays them cash. Now, uh, there's no uh, um, no taxes being paid. Uh, there's no workman's comp. Uh, there's absolutely nothing. I asked him, why do you do this? And he said, so I can drive a $50,000 pickup truck, and I can have lots of extra money. It's clear profit. And I said, what about all the men that would just as soon work for a living that uh, you could pay and have on your payroll legally? He said, well, that way I can't drive a brand-new truck, can I? Well, it sounds what do you to me, think about that? I, well, it sounds to me like um, the same sort of argument that, uh, the, that the communists made in 19, the 1920s over big business. You know, businesses are making these, – these uh, uh, bourgeoisie are making too much money off of the, the workers. We must rise up. And, you know, it resulted in um, – you know, complaining about people and their profits is just pointless. People need Everyone to be Everyone should be profit. impoverished. Uh, make profits. Why doesn't one of these guys that's on the corner go out and roof a house himself? He can uh, pitch the uh, pitch the he can't get the a roofing license. job. Who cares about a, a license? Obviously, some you know. Um, obviously, having well, a the license, government inspector will care. Uh, what yeah, about uh, right. the legality of um, uh, of of him being here? Obviously, the government inspe- government inspector hasn't been checking that. Uh, well, that's true. You're right. For I have a great deal of respect for people who work and work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's an honorable thing. But I think this particular individual that takes advantage of those people, I think that's wrong. And actually, I'm not real fond of this guy and what he's doing. Well, you Maybe know what? The fact just... is he wouldn't be able to take advantage of those people if there weren't all these immigration laws. And if those people could come here and be legal without having to go th- jump through all these insane hoops, then they wouldn't have to be standing out on the corner uh, looking for work. They wouldn't have to be working under the table, and they wouldn't be able to be taken advantage of by this guy. So actually the immigration laws put him in the position to be able to take advantage of those people, and that's tragic. I agree with you. 
Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they are being taken advantage of. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. And we're all Thank being you. taken advantage of by this government that's taxing us to death. I mean, the fact is, none of us should be paying taxes to the, this government. They're not doing anything worthwhile. We don't get benefits that are commensurate with the amount that we're paying for these uh, these taxes. So, you know, we should all be upset at the fact that we're even paying taxes in the first place, not that someone is able to get away with uh, not paying them. Sure. And one more quick point, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, here in the West, uh, Montana, uh, when the Great Plains Indians were here, everything was real fine until there was the, uh, oh, the Europeans started moving into their territory and just taking everything away and soaking up everything and, and uh, every natural resource and depleting everything in sight. And now it's happening to the very people that came here and did that, and boy, don't they raise a ruckus. Yeah, so it's, it's an immigration problem all over again. Yeah, man, except it's kind of flip-flop a little bit, and it's interesting to watch. Well, except the, uh, the Mexicans and Canadians aren't coming here exterminating us. <laughs> They're and, just picking our fruit. And, you know, the, the claim that all the resources were dried up, some of the resources, certainly the buffalo are uh, dried up, but right. people have been living on those lands for 300 years since, or yeah, maybe 150 years since they ran the um, Indians off of it, and yeah, apparently there's still enough resources that they're continuing to live there. Good call, Jeremiah. When, Thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. Yep. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Let's talk. Again, you can bring up anything. It is Free Talk Live. Let's, so let's go to Dave in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I just wanted to give you a little update on the, uh, well, not an update, but uh uh, tell you a little bit about you know a couple of the the Ridley reports that I have done about Free Talk Live or about uh, you and Julia. Yes, uh, Dave is uh, one of the great activists here in New Hampshire, an early mover from the Free State Project, and he started his own uh, little online video reporting thing. He's a professional news photographer by trade, and he's taken that and sort of gone out and, and is and is reporting on some of the newsworthy things here in New Hampshire, what some of the activists are doing and other things that he's interested in reporting on. And you can go to RidleyReport.com to see them. But what did you want to tell us about? Well, the, the, some of the neatest things that happened with the Ridley Report are just the kind of comments that you get. And uh, some, some of the comments, are they tend to be really profound. Like there's like the story that I did about you and Julia. There's this comment from a guy named uh, Mackler, and the comment is, uh, Ian is skinny. I am. And then there's, Very observant. there's another comment, the story I did about, uh, <clears throat> about Julia. The comment it, it comes from a guy named Towers, and it says, Julia is hot. Yeah. She is also very no, observant. No doubt, no doubt yeah. about it. Um, you know, you know what, what, what's beyond that? What are you going to do? Apparently, he didn't. Uh, he didn't really get the substance of it, but he did find out that our co-host is hot. <laughs> the important thing is that they're watching, I guess. Yes, that is. So I just indeed. scored a new camera. I was driving past a um, driving past a pawn shop yesterday, and I just stopped in. First place I'd stop to look for a new camera to kind of improve the look of things. Mm-hmm. And there was a sweet deal right on the counter, and sweet. I just bought it, and I'm putting a story on the air right now. It's uh, dubbing. Fantastic, because I was watching. It's been three days since the new Ridley report went Give out. Give us a I teaser. Was, What's I this new Jones one about? In. Oh, it has to do with a construction process. Hmm. Construction process. Oh, there's a construction. And there's a fight in it. There's a fight in it. Ooh, a fight. Like a physical fight? Well, you'll just have to watch for yourself and find out. Good tease. Good tease, Dave. Thanks for the call, dude. Gosh. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I haven't done this before. I haven't seen one of these Ridley reports yet. How do I do Are it? you kidding me? No, I have not seen one. Well, you know, I don't... He's called in and talked about I it I don't like times. to go to new places on the Internet. <laughs> I don't like seeing... I new. It's YouTube. 
You go to RidleyReport.com. Go to go to RidleyReport.com and then yeah. it'll tell you something beyond that? It'll take you right to his YouTube page. I'm it's easy. Take a look. Instead of going YouTube forward slash Ridley Report, you know, you just RidleyReport.com. It's good stuff, too, because it gives you a window into the world of activism here in New Hampshire. So it's a great way for somebody who's outside of New Hampshire who's considering maybe moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, or not even if you aren't considering it, if you're just curious as to what's going on. It's like being there. It's like seeing it for yourself. It's cool stuff. Anyway, uh, quick story before we uh, head out to, uh, to tomorrow night's show. Uh, police in Ozark, Alabama on Tuesday pulled a taser, used a taser, on a sober man who was having a diabetic seizure. A trio of police cruisers were called to the scene of a black Nissan truck and trailer pulled over to the side of the road uh, at around 4 p.m. James Bloodworth, who's 54, a man with no criminal record, was slumped over behind the wheel. Because of his condition, he was not responsive to police commands. Police then fired tasers at the sick man three times. A police officer now says that he smelled alcohol on Bloodsworth, even though later testing shows no trace of alcohol in his system. The police chief, Myron Williams, also claims the sick, uh, the sick man was combative. Instead of taking Bloodsworth to medical care, he was booked at the Dale County jail, uh, jail and charged with resisting arrest and driving under the influence of alcohol, even though he didn't have any alcohol in his system. Uh, Bloodsworth has no recollection of the entire incident and is now free on a $1,000 bond. So the police, at least this time they didn't beat the tar out of this guy. It seems like almost every time we hear one of the stories about the police getting called and encountering a diabetic, someone having a diabetic seizure, the last two times we talked about a story like this, they beat the hell out of the person. Yeah, uh, drug him through a window yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And uh, and this time they didn't beat him, but they tasered him three times just because he wasn't responsive. The guy was passed out. I mean, does that give you the 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 right to taser somebody if you're a police officer? That's what they did here, and you can guarantee no punishment will ever come to the cops because it's very rare they get in trouble for you know going being out of line in these cases. And this guy is uh, now looking at a DUI charge, even though he wasn't even drunk. Amazing, isn't it? We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.